0: Welcome to the Design Alchemy podcast, where we look behind the veil of the design industry. I'm Billy.
1: And I'm Dimi, and we will be discussing and deconstructing the great work of visual communication and symbolism, and how they affect our culture. Hello, fellow alchemists, this is Dimi. We have a very special guest in the podcast today, Mr. Sam George. He's a composer and an audio branding specialist. Before we get to the conversation with him, we would like to uh, show you a small reel of Sam's work, and then we will proceed right with the conversation. Especially in the first 15 to 20 minutes of the recording, um, the microphone has picked a lot of uh, writing and clicking, and I'm terribly sorry for this. I'll uh, we'll probably have to improve our audio quality as we go. Thank you so much for your understanding. Welcome to Design Alchemy again. This is uh, this is Demi. Um, I'm here with Billy. And, and we have uh sam today with us who is um audio person and a composer and sam i don't want to take your title just give us uh, give us a bit about yourself and who
2: you are sure thing uh yeah so I, i'm sam i'm uh, a composer and a producer uh, i live and live and work in london um but yeah, composer and producer is probably the 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 tidiest title for me. Nice. Well,
0: we're really, really happy to have you here. And it's gonna be super interesting. I mean, we had a pre-talk already, and we already, you know, found some really, really interesting topics. So, so it's really going to be, it's not every day you have the pleasure of talking to a I mean a sound designer, audio designer, composers. It's uh it's uh this is gonna be
2: really, really cool session. My uh, it's my pleasure to be here and happy happy to talk with you guys. Nice.
1: Some uh just just for our, our audiences, say, could you tell us a few things about your career and what you're doing, and you know how long you've been doing this, and just a small small bio. On,
2: yeah, sure. Um So uh, so my career, I guess, started when I was at uni. So I was at uni 2005 to 2008 <laughs> at Leeds, um, and I got into got into a band pretty seriously whilst I was there um and we we took it pretty seriously we ended up touring all around the uk playing with some uh, a very successful band um really released uh an album um and really devoted i guess probably four four years of my life to really? to that um and that's i guess where i properly cut my teeth in terms of um Learning my craft as a songwriter um, and learning how to work in studios and learning how to gig in the live music circuit and that kind of stuff. Um, and then uh, we decided to part ways with that band and I decided to go into teaching. So I qualified as a teacher mm. uh, and I spent 10 years working as a teacher. Um, I most notably, I got myself a job working at the Brit School in South London um which is uh, a very well known um uh creative school performing arts school and creative school uh which is which is a state funded school but heavily subsidized by the brit trust um where people will go to study uh music theater um dance art uh media broadcast all that kind of stuff uh, so i taught songwriting composition production um uh, that kind of stuff as well as some other bits but those are my kind of primary foci uh, and I was there for six years there or thereabouts um, until sort of the middle of 2019 uh, when I left um, and decided that I wanted to set up my own business um, offering the things that I think I'm, I'm good at and skilled at so Um, doing bespoke composition for people. So writing pieces of music specifically to meet the needs of various clients, uh, whether that is um, for for a a company or a brand, or whether that's for an individual and a a specific uh, brief that an individual has. And I also write uh, lots of um, production music. So music to go into production libraries and uh, also music for my own artistry as well. And then I produce uh, records for other musicians, bands, and artists. So they'll come to me with their tracks and say, "Look, can you mix this, master this, make this sound great?" And I do a lot of education stuff still as well. So I run my own educational channels uh, on 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 the old socials, um, which is kind of what I'm doing now. Really nice, neat. How is how is um...
1: Uh, i don't want to say traditional but how's how's um songwriting for entertainment compared to songwriting for commercial purposes is it is it is it uh, a big shift in in mindset and what you're doing day
2: to day i, I mean the um the processes of writing for say a a, a production a band. Music library yeah. or or a band are yeah very different really because you in a band you're you're basically focused entirely on your own creativity and your own thought process and and what you want to do you know either as an individual artist or as a group of um bandmates as a collective uh, so you know you you write about what you like you you try and vaguely make it fit within your your brand as, as an artist whether that's an individual or as a as a band, but you know you're, you're thinking primarily about your your personal brand and what will work with that, and what will um, engage with your your target audience, um, and all, and all of that stuff is, is sort of relevant. But when you're writing for for media or for a production music library, specifically, if you're not writing to a direct brief, so you're writing more generally, you you have to think about how stuff might work in in a media context so thinking about what's current in terms of what's getting used in shows you know what's what are kind of trending sounds um thinking about writing things that have usable uh parts to them um so you know generally writing stuff that isn't too varied or too complex doesn't have too many moving parts because they become quite unusable Um, so yeah, they're they're, they're quite different approaches. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Exciting.
0: I mean, so, so you mentioned like an audio brief or a sound brief. I mean, that's something that I've been kind of curious about, like I know what could you could you describe what I mean? Of course, every brief is going to be probably different, but could you maybe describe some, because as a graphic or visual, or even UX or product designer, you, you a brief can be you know something. But but it would be really interesting to hear what kind of briefs briefs you're you're dealing with in your in your professional uh, capacity.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you say, they you know, briefs can take all sorts of shapes and sizes. Um, there's there's definitely not a sort of a one-size-fits-all model, um, but I'll, I'll draw some examples. So uh, if I'm working with a uh, a professional media production company, for example, someone who is contracted by someone else to produce mm-hmm. uh, a video or an advertisement or a piece of in-house corporate um, material or something of that nature, then generally speaking, they'll have a very clear vision of what it is that they'll want from the music so they will come to me most likely with some reference tracks um very often they'll have um a guide or a a ghost track so something that they've been using uh almost to cut the video to that they that they like but um but they can't use because you know maybe it's a by someone mainstream uh that would cost them a fortune to try (laughs) and get the the rights to use or um, you know, or they just know that they want to go with something that's original rather than mm-hmm. right. something pre pre-written. Um, so they'll often come with reference tracks and then they'll, you know, they'll have very clear ideas on where the, the primary kind of dynamic cues and hits are within that piece, um, how they want the the voiceover if if there is one to be supported um by um by the emotive cues in the music um and and how you know how that piece of music is going to be is going to be shaped dynamically to really draw attention to and draw out the 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 main message of of the piece um and and they can you know sometimes that can be written in prose uh, you know in terms of this is what we want here are some adjectives to describe what we're looking at or mm-hmm. you know it, or it could just be a, a load of reference tracks and um i really like what it's doing at 30 seconds of that and what this one does at one minute 20 and if we can kind of crop those ideas out and mold them into one that that would be great um so so you can get that kind of thing um and you generally expect that from a a professional outfit um and then on the complete flip side of that working with um a, a, a private client who wants to commission a piece of music for could be anything so um so i had a guy who commissioned me to write a piece of music um to celebrate his his 60th birthday and um and he he wanted the piece of music to be a representation of of him in some way um and he didn't really want to give me any more information than that um so i so i had to draw out what i felt was going to be uh, uh, uh a good and strong representation of his his life and his character. Um, and, and obviously I, you know, I, I needed to know him quite well in order to, to do that. You know, so that's, that's kind of the flip side. Um, and I think, I guess the interesting thing for me from a composing perspective is the equal joy that there is in working on briefs from both ends of that spectrum. Mm. Um, it, it, it is really uh I think equally creative actually writing either to a very specific brief or to almost a non-existent brief because mm. on the one end you're you're trying to um draw out all of the the primary musical features that a client mm. has specified they like and then quite often combine some varied things into something cohesive mm. and on the other hand you're looking to effectively draw out a story from from somebody from something try and identify what it is that they actually want to be saying in that piece of music and then find a way of telling their story musically which you know which is um an amazing an amazing thing to do um so yeah yeah. There's there's a lot of a lot of challenge and interest from from both ends of the spectrum um yeah wow well, i mean that
0: sounds super interesting and super challenging there's so many moving parts that i mean yeah that's that's really
1: <laughs> yeah i i guess like there's there's some sometimes where somebody comes with something very specific like they they have a video and the the big banging noise should be in the one thirty-seven mark, and and you just work your way around the technical stuff and others. is just a very, very creative thing, like the um, the, the the man sixtieth uh, thing you you talked about. This is fascinating, fascinating. How? Yep. Oh, sorry. sorry, go ahead. No, I, I would I would go to ask like how how does the work after this carry on like do they see samples do they do, do they listen to samples do they um are they, is this just a big presentation in the end like how do you handle this
2: yeah so um so it, it's dependent on on the brief and the client um obviously um but generally speaking i will always look to do what what i call musical sketches um so uh in the same way I suppose as a graphic designer you would do mock-ups of potential directions that you can go in um and you know here's an option a b c you know which which one do you like and it it Mm -hmm. might might be based on um different line strengths different color palettes different um styles of fonts um different color grading you know that that kind of stuff you, you you do exactly the same things as a composer you you know you think about um instrumentation you think about um harmony you think about dynamics you think about um expression and 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 those you know that those are your your tools as a composer so um you know you, you, you'll do uh, a few mock-ups of kind of different approaches to the same brief um and you know say if i'm working on a a 90 second piece i might do three 20 second bites and say you know are are, are any of these three what you're looking for um you know very much Mm. one of them is and and normally they they all are um, but you know it's it's a good way of um having the client be very much part of that process which is an important thing because um I, in my experience lots of people lots of clients are only really just starting to get into the world of working directly with a composer where previously they didn't even know that it was an option or they just thought that always, always going with um you know something from a production library would be the cheaper option um and it, you know, it still normally is the cheaper option, but not by all that much, actually. And um, right. yeah, so, you know, or, or the
1: video people take care of this, or you know, somebody else's uh, somebody else who, who has the the bigger picture in, in in site work with this. Yeah, I understand.
2: And and I guess you know that one of the most important reasons to have the client kind of um, feedback and what what i like to call jumping off points if you like so kind of points of no return um which is where you know you you will um i guess present these kind of three routes these avenues you know maybe more maybe less but let's call it three um and say you know which one of those is the one that you like when they say that's the one that we like go down that route that that's like a, a commitment to that Direction, which is so that then when they come back, if they come back later and say, "Oh, actually, we don't like it anymore," it's like, "Well, okay, that's that's kind of not my problem." (laughs) Uh, Um, We agreed this, okay. But it's but it's it's important to have those jumping off points because it it ensures that the client is committing to the work that's being done throughout. Whereas if you Mm. if you just got a brief and then said. Right, I'll I'll write it and I'll give it to you in a week's time. Uh, You know, a client would be well within their rights to say, "Well, actually, that's not what I wanted." Um, Yeah, because you, I I don't think that that sort of set of rules applies to anything creative. You, I don't think you'd go to a to a graphic designer and say, "Design me something. I'll I'll see it when it's done," or to a filmmaker and or you know, or or an artist or or you know, whatever it is. You you know, you would expect some some level of involvement when you are commissioning something for your specific needs.
1: Yeah, it um it is it is a source of frustration for both clients and creative people I think like in in, in your head you're you're just going in your into your black box working for 3 weeks or or 3 months and and you have something that you're really 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 proud of but because there, there was no back and forth with the client this is not what they had in mind and now it's your precious little thing that you've spent so much time building because Hasn't been killed as an embryo, um, in in the same way, you know, a, a, a musical sketch, as as you said, might have been. Like, and, and the- that's
2: you know, saying saying there as you did, precious little thing. It reminds me it's uh, of you know, part of my thought process whenever I'm writing something for somebody is that I always try. it Doesn't always work, but I always try not to become emotionally invested in in a piece that I'm writing for someone else because precisely for that reason, I I don't want to feel at any point that my opinion matters ultimately because it doesn't, you know, my my professional opinion matters in terms of what I understand as a composer and a musician versus Mm -hmm. what the client understands as a Mm non-musician that, you know, that's relevant. But ultimately the only thing that matters at the end is whether the client feels it's going to, so, solve uh, the problem. Yeah, yeah solve, solve the, problem. the problem you know meet meet the meet the uh, the brief um wh- whether i think it does or it doesn't is completely irrelevant you know it's what it's what they think that that matters um and you you'll you'll hear it from uh, music supervisors who's you know whose job it is to source pieces of music for a brief that they'll you know they might get five or six options to pitch to a client um and so often it'll be the one that they think was the least likely that will get picked. And they think, well, you know, what is it that, that was in that one that I thought was a no hoper that the client is like, yeah, brilliant. That's the one that I want. You know, you, you just can't, you can't anticipate. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's best to try a, to have the client involved throughout the process as much as possible and be not to become emotionally attached because it's, I, I try and think of it not as my music, but as someone else's music, mm. um, because it's not for me; it's it's for them ultimately. Yeah, that's
0: that. I mean, that's really interesting because I mean, any any designer from almost any other field that might be listening, you, I'm sure you're you, you're gonna you're going nod, nod your heads in kind of in, in in what do you say? In, <laughs> in, 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 I mean, I, at least I am because it, it it's so strikingly similar. I mean, in, in the sense that you're separating, I mean, your personal favorites uh, from, I mean, or. Your personal self from your professional self, and and you know the, the processes you, you you describe, and I mean this kind of uh, one of one of my favorite quotes is, is uh, the uh, design is creativity in the service of others. I mean, in, in the sense that I mean it's serving another purpose than I mean in, in this case it's a commercial purpose probably that we're about. But yeah, it's really really fascinating, and uh, yeah, su- super cool to to hear.
1: So so let's. There is there is one thing that we have been discussing with Billy many times. We're amateur musicians, both of us, but definitely a professional might be able to to explain better in our, our audience, I suppose. So this, so you mentioned the, 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 this piece you you did for the um, for the man's birthday, and this is this is quite thrilling and exciting. How do you like? We we know there's. There's some semblance of um, a certain a certain scale or a certain collection of notes, a certain orchestration being appropriate for a for a for a specific emotion or a specific um, uh, sentiment. Like uh, major major scales sound more happy, minor scales might sound more uh, melancholic, and things like that. Um, we know of it but how would you describe this to our audience if i am like first of all am i right like is this just a is it just a layman's uh
2: very superficial understanding of the thing um yeah no you you're, you're right absolutely that um you know you you can project emotion in in all sorts of different ways through music. I I think the, the the broad assumption is that you will always um do that emotional projection through um melody and, and harmony and um and that's partly right, but actually it's what you do with the expression and dynamics and your choice of timbre and rhythm that I feel is is where the, the real, um, kind of battle is won and lost. You, you know, you can, you can have the most wonderful harmonic progression, but if, if you bore your listener with a a lack of dynamic variety or, or shape, or, um, if, if the tempo is really written, you know, you, it, it will have no impact. So it's, it's being able to, um, Contour is a word that I like to use a lot. Contour the the emotion of a piece through dynamics, expression, timbral variety, choice of instrumentation, choice of playing and performance technique, which requires an understanding of the instruments that you're using within your orchestration. Um, those sorts of things that will really um, earn you the money, as it were. Mm. Um, but that being said, for me, still, I will almost always start with uh, a harmonic map for a piece of music mm. um so re- regardless of whether it's for a specific job so for a you know a 90 second video uh, where i know exactly how long it's going to be and where the cue points are or if i've got a blank slate like for this guy's birthday and i can write what i want right regardless i will start with a harmonic map so i will map out structurally exactly what I want to happen at every moment in this piece harmonically so I so I know it's going to start on this chord and it's going to go through this progression and at this point it'll do this and then it might repeat and then it's going to go to this and so I know exactly where yeah. everything's going and and then I've I've effectively I've effectively then got a piece of music and it's then a case of taking that line drawing if you like and and exploding it into 3d so you've so you've you've got your you've got your sketch you know that you know you've got the all the black and white stuff and then you 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 fill that in with color and with with tone and with texture and with depth and with all the things that will make that sketch interesting and vibrant and um but but you know but you but you have that that matrix that clear kind of vision of the whole thing from the beginning um and it's something that I teach a lot um and and I taught it a lot when I was working in schools and I still say it a lot when I'm working with individuals um, you know pe- people say where do you start with a piece of music and I always say well other than the fact you need to start by knowing where you're going um, uh, which is something I say all the time, because you you can't possibly get anywhere if you don't know where it is you're trying to get to in the first place. Mm-hmm. You 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 need you need to have um a, a structure in front of you because without any structure, you just end up with meandering nonsense. Um you know, and and some people write perfectly brilliantly, you know, without having a structure. And you know, of course there's there's no hard and fast rule book but in terms of teaching i always say you know you need to know where you're trying to get to and how you're going to get there and for me that is that is my structure and my harmonic map that is this is how i'm going to get from here to there um and you know marking out the the events that happen on that yeah. journey um yeah. But, wow. I mean, that, that, that's,
0: I mean, so it's just like, yeah, I'm directly curious. How do you, how do you visualize this for yourself? Do you do you like sheet music? I mean, sheets, or do you, do you draw this, uh, like how, how would you visualize this for yourself? This, this harmonic map?
2: So I, so I, I will, um, record it for, for the sake of using a simple term in my, in my door, uh, my digital, digital audio workstation. So I work in logic pro, mm-hmm. um, and I will, um, write out the structure within that uh, within that project session as markers all across my timeline mm. i will record in just as simple block chords on a piano part exactly what chord is happening where so i've at least got the the chords and the line for the whole piece i will map out the tempo track so if there's any tempo changes or movement they'll all be written in at the very beginning so that i know exactly what chord is being played where and you know what what the tempo is doing at that point so that i know you know that's my piece of music and then i'm just fleshing it out from there with uh with arrangement and with melody and with interesting compositional things right
0: Wow, I mean that's I mean so it's like I mean it's, it's a lot. This sparks a lot of thoughts. I mean so to hook onto Dimi's uh, uh, earlier point, there, So one of my so I, I went to uh, it's called music gymnasium in Swedish. So and so I'm I'm, I'm Swedish re- originally from Stockholm. So I I went to so when you're 16 to 19 you go to music gymnasium and one of the things that blew my mind on on kind of you know very very you know fundamentals of of kind of you know uh, music theory so to speak you know chord progressions you know uh, learning to, to to read beats and stuff like that which I forgot everything about now but <laughs> regardless so the, the, the teacher you know but back then i was you know pro, proper metal head in a, in a leather jacket you know hair down death melt shirt on you know all, all that stuff was when he when he when he brought up the example of the of the tritone or or, or, or tritonus, if you know so that would be the. i double check this on wikipedia diminished fifth augmented fourth and a, it's a dissonant interval between two features dun, dun, so kind of like ominous sounding that he he talked about that it was in the in the middle ages or the Dark Ages, it was forbidden by, by the Church for anyone to use this particular interval because it would it would literally invoke the, the the presence of the devil. What they thought, like it would it would literally invoke evil. And you know, it's so funny to me that that that, that what he pulled that up with, and this is later. Uh, this has later been popular popularized by trash metal band Slayer that, that you he, he just had me right there that, that that was like my gateway into how he kept my interest during, during his classes with, with with kind of you know music theory that, that I thought that was so so interesting um, maybe this is a very simplified um example but yeah that, that's just what one of my kind of what do you say
2: yeah but but you know that that I mean, that device is used all over the place. I, I remember when I was similar age, actually, um, so doing my A levels here in the U.K, mm-hmm. uh, and one of the um, works that we studied was West Side Story, the, the musical mm. um, and the uh, the cue of, of the Jets gang. They do this whistle mm. Mm. It's, it's a tritone. Mm. Um, you know it's, it's, it's all over the place. Um, uh, but, you know, yeah, it's, it's uh, interest, interesting to see how those sorts of devices are used um, kind of all over the place in slightly different applications.
0: Yeah, but but, but uh, again, I mean, t- to invoke uh, I mean, not the devil in in this case, but some type, some little omen or I mean, it, they kind of so you know we, we talked about this major minor and kind of diminished. That's kind of maybe three very very broad strokes here and then. But I really liked what you said about contour and texture. I mean, so you start with them I in mean, almost two D flat and and black and white, but then you they, they get all these nuances and richness because you have you know is it an is it a dirty piano or or a nice clean piano or is it a, is it a have is it a electric find you know metal guitar is it an acoustic playing you know this progression and how these you know uh uh, you know a certain scale you know Followed by by something else, you know. They all, you know, it's all this intricate web, this matrix you talked about. It's so rich and nuanced, right? But it's yeah, it's really interesting to to think of it this way. In in, in the same sense that kind of colors, in in a way, I mean, very also archetypically or kind of generalized in, in in visual design. That you know, red will invoke this, blue will invoke that, on on an average, or at least that's the kind of urban urban myth within branding and graphic design. The same thing with fonts. We talked about this a little bit uh, on the on the. Pre- Talk where we talked about how designers often can overcomplicate things, at least on visual space. But it's yeah. it's funny that it, you know there's so many similarities here. So that, that I find that yeah,
1: I, I just think that um, especially in design, this is this is why I was so happy to have a, a musician uh, here uh, to help us out with it. First of all, Sam, I appreciate. Every now and then, you bring a visual design metaphor, black and white uh, pencil drawings, line drawings, and all that. Like it, it definitely helps the, the type of people who are, uh, listening to us in, in this stage of our podcast. I do think that visual designers have this. Um, like, we we also have grids, we have um, you know specific uh, classifications of fonts and stuff like that. But for some reason, in visual design. Using tried and true recipes, I would say it sounds uh, constrictive. It sounds it sounds like um, uh, how can I put this? Like uh, in a sort of a burden or a sort of a prison. While in in music you don't have this like if if metallica or bach or lady gaga use c major in in one of the songs nobody can be accused for lack of creativity or um you know following a pattern or following a specific mood and stuff like that. Do you um you have been in education uh, Sam do you find do you find any 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 sort of uh, pushback from your students for following form and uh, tried-in through recipes and stuff like that?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, the, the, the biggest pushback that I encountered, which was just all the time, um, was uh, students not valuing understanding music theory uh, and having no desire to um, understand the, the fundamentals of stuff. Uh, and seeing it as as boring basically and and i completely sympathize with that point of view because when i was learning music theory or not learning music theory as as a young musician and as a teenager growing up i thought it was boring as well because the way that it was taught was bloody boring Mm. um and but but i think that that relates to many aspects of education growing up if i think about my mathematics lessons growing up i hated maths because it was just boring and completely mm. irrelevant to my life whereas actually if i was taught maths in a way that gave it real life relevance like teaching me how to work out my, my taxes and how much tax i would earn uh, need to pay and then how much national insurance and then you know, all of a sudden it's like oh crikey maths is really important and and i love love maths now and i love geeking out on spreadsheets because uh, you know it's it's cool actually but you so much education is done in a crusty chalkboardy old way that doesn't show the student the relevance mm. of that stuff mm. and if you taught music theory from the point of view of you know right today today we're going to be learning about primary chords let's look at chords 1 4 and 5 and their inversions and You know, that's really simple, right? Anyone can write a song with one, four, and five. Why would you, you know, why would you want to know about that? Well, actually, here's 10 examples in completely different styles that have all been in the top 10 of the charts over the past 30 Mm. or 40 years who only use those three chords. All of a sudden, people will go, right, okay, I see what you're saying. Um, you know, and when when I was doing, I I, I would always do in my songwriting sessions uh, a whole bit on secondary dominance and and the secondary dominant and what that is as a as a harmonic device. And I would always start with uh, the intro to Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Mm-hmm. And I can't remember exactly what the progression is now, but that second chord is a secondary dominant. And and students are like, right, I get it. I understand what that is and why it's interesting and why it sounds cool. I want to go now and learn about it and try and apply right. it to my writing. But if you if you teach something from a purely theoretical perspective, I don't, I don't care what it is. It, it could be music theory or it could be mathematics or it could be uh, physics or chemistry. They were taught exactly the same when I was in school. It it it'll, it'll bore you to tears, and I I wasn't an easy student in school. So if if something didn't interest me, I would just muck around because it was be like, well, this, why do I need to know this? Yeah, but there
0: there you have it, right? I mean, you made it useful. That's I the think, thing. Yeah. It's like my teacher made it useful with the tritone and Slayer. I was like, my eyes lit up. Yeah, yeah. They, they put it into a context I could relate to. And but- the same thing you, you did with Bohemian Rhapsody—you show them the, the kind of emotion, or at least what it sounds to me, like that, that this is this is how you utilize it in a in a in a real world scenario. That this is not just a theory, you know, on, on 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 a board here, so to speak.
2: Yeah, but I mean, teaching when I when I was doing my teacher training, which was uh, 2011. Um, so so much of the the emphasis is on behavior management and you know how you manage behavior and you know yeah behavior management is is tough particularly tough if your lessons are boring because if you're boring your students they will mm-hmm. not behave for you plain and simple mm-hmm. behavior becomes much easier to manage when you're engaging them in ways that genuinely stimulate them you find that if you give them content that is interesting that actually then the students that don't wish to behave will be much reduced because what you're doing with them is engaging you of course you're never going to eradicate poor behavior because that will always be a thing in schools um you know not every student will behave all the time that's plain and simple and you know i've seen it as much as any other teacher, and any other teacher will tell you. But the, the the best way to combat it is to have content that is interesting, you know. And especially now, when people are so used to short form content, you know, and, and the the explosion of TikTok and you know people talking about hooking in the first three seconds. In, in the teaching profession, it, it's it's your starter, right? So you um, you're expected to have an activity ready for students as they come in the door. You either have an activity up on the board for them to do as they come in before you've even taken a register, or you know, or you hand them something as they walk through the door, and you know, here's your starter. So that you know, so you're engaging them immediately, and 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 in the you know the the world of fast media and TikTok, if you don't engage someone immediately, hmm. they'll just drift off, or they'll or they'll you know their mind will go to something else because more and more people are not used to focusing on things. For long periods of time, um, and you know, and they're used to being able to um, digest things rapidly. You know, swipe right, swipe left, or mm. swipe up, swipe swipe down, or you know, hit next or whatever yeah. it is. You know, people have on demand whatever it is they want, and if you don't grab their attention, they're gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: just, you know, quick. I mean, so like that—that's that, something I, I can see just every day. I mean, so the type of YouTube ads or stuff I get served, the music that just, you know, it's usually, you know, boom, writing. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's it's it can be clapping or I mean, it's very energetic. From you know, you know, just it's straight in your face. Yeah, you know, you, you, just like you saying, because uh, the messaging and the medium. So, so kind of where where, where I where where my goes where my mind goes when you when when you speak about this. So it's like it's like uh, an oxymoron, or it's, or it's it's kind of you know. Uh, paradoxically true, because at the same time we have this short-form content. We live in the you know the, the the age of Instagram and TikTok where everything is short and, and, and there's no attention span, and, and that's true. But at the same time, we have stuff like I I feel like I mean I mean correct me if I'm wrong here. I'm I'm just a, a layman, but how music and sound is, is is being more prevalent in in long-form content such as series. You know, so so back in the day, you know. When, I, when my mom used to watch, I don't know, the the, the UK series The Bill, or I don't know, <laughs> all, all these all, music wasn't a big and sound wasn't a big thing. But if you look at series, I mean, Game of Thrones, you know, you we can go, you know, just so many series that has fantastic music. I think, uh, and 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 then the other subset to that is also games. So I've had a few game experiences recently that just blew my mind musically and soundscapes and and. Adding to that as well, I would love to hear your thoughts if you have any on this, like the emerging technologies, MR, VR, MR, so virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. So I tried on the Oculus and just how that whole weird experience in terms of sound in the 360 spatial immersive soundscape affected you. So it's really really interesting that we have the, the crazy short form. Frenzied content and how sound relates to that, but at the same time, we also have these long ones. I, I you know, do, do, do you have, do you have? I'm, I bet you have some pretty interesting stuff to say about
2: it. Lo- loads of thoughts on that. So, if if I drift off on a tangent, remember right. I want to come back to to all of that stuff. Okay. But um, you, um, got I'll got try you. and try and cover that stuff a bit at a time. So, um, let, let's let's first just wrap up the the whole short form content thing because I, I think with with the explosion of short form content, people. Have become used to being able to go out and seek information themselves and educate themselves on things. But what that has led to is people having the expectation of learning something quickly and being able to do something quickly. So, you know, I I want to know how to do this thing. Right. Let me just stick into YouTube how to create that specific sound and yeah. someone will have done a tutorial on it or mm-hmm. you know in the case of visual media it'll be a how to do this in photoshop uh, yeah. photoshop or after effects or you know whatever it is and there are loads of channels on youtube and tiktok of P- TikTok of people um you know doing in 60 seconds a really quick you know um oh, kind wow. of run through stuff or-
0: tutorials maybe i'm just all showing my age here but is there such a thing TikTok? oh yeah
2: yeah, oh. yeah. Oh, cool yeah. I have to look into that yeah, loads. Um, and and then you, what I encounter is the frustration with people being able to access um, an amuse bouche of what they want without then <laughs> being able to get into the main course. You know, they they get a little a little taste of it and they're like, "That's really good," but then mm. where's the rest of it? And and I think <laughs> it's. It, it it's perhaps you know something that society is just going to have to adapt to is the the understanding that people want to go out and and learn something themselves and they want to seek that information but actually people need to become accustomed to not just being able to learn something overnight because being good at something requires experience and requires practice mm. i don't care what it is you know whether it's um um keepy uppies with a football or whether it's um proper technique cutting with a chef's knife or whether it's um you need your 10,000 hours that's 10, the thing i mean 10,000 hours it's yeah, you know it's yes. it's a well documented and well <laughs> kind of explored principle um and you know and people are impatient uh, mm. which i which i get but you know we we need to relearn patience i think as as mm. a race um so that's yeah, that but let's let's kind of put put that on the shelf because i could um whither on about that for ages. let's come to the whole um uh, gaming thing and vr ar and, and all that stuff. uh i mean first of all we're talking about gaming it's worth noting that the gaming sector and industry is is worth more than the music industry globally. Right. it's it's um it's just worth ridiculous sums of money. um and more more people i think i mean especially now presumably than ever game um mm-hmm. and 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 it's now in comparison to even 15 years ago where um where i would have had a a, a playstation um or a uni where i would have gone to a mates to play pro evo you know now gaming is not about just playing a game it's now a social experience mm-hmm. you know people people game to interact with their mates and you know to to chat with their friends and to mm. to be part of a community or you know and i suppose the uh i mean I, i'm not a great gamer i never have been but i i guess the uh the original kind of uh player in that was was things like world of warcraft where yes. it was about building a character and, a, and a, engaging with others and there was kind of online gameplay um but but now you know if it's call of duty or if it's uh what's the one about a, a farm or something that is being advertised loads on tv you know that there, there are all sorts of games in all sorts yeah. of different genres that are about bringing people together and the gameplay is less consequential or less mm-hmm. important than the fact that you're doing it with other people yeah especially um, in
1: the times of of lockdown where online outlets for socializing are are pretty much the, the big the big thing uh the yeah. big going. like even even if you you had a very active social life uh outside outside the confines of your house um now it's pretty much um uh, mm-hmm. like on online experiences are you know, just a bit of the the last the last thing the last strand keeping society glued together.
2: Yeah, I think totally. But but I mean, you know the the explosion of um streaming platforms. You know, so obviously mm-hmm. it's sort of started with Netflix, but but now it's Amazon Prime and it's uh Disney Disney Plus. Is it? And there's a, another new one that's being advertised. Something about a star. So I can't remember the name of it now. Um, you know that there. there are, loads of them sort of starting embryonically Um, and, you know, and now the whole straight to streaming movie stuff and, you know, Netflix making their own movies and Google making uh, Amazon making their own movies and, um, you know, kind of bypassing the, 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 the big screen, the silver screen. And, you know, I mean, the world, the world in which we live in and how we consume media is, is just changing so fast and so quickly. Mm -hmm um that you know you you need to adapt to keep up and music music is no different um for me personally the, the jury's still out on the whole vr ar thing um i mean it's not something that i've that I've dabbled in um but i still find it a bit niche as an experience um and for sure it's very emerging uh, i mean yeah. it hasn't really hit a commercial
1: market
2: because of- yeah um yeah, I, I would agree, and I, and I guess in order for it to be commercially viable, it, it needs to become much cheaper, I suppose. Um, yeah, probably, which yeah. which which is why you know three D TVs died a death, you know, because <laughs> because they were really expensive, um, and you know you you had to have the exact you know package from sky in order to have 3d channels and you know I, as far as i know that's all disappeared they're like oh well, 3d didn't yeah. work. it's just yeah you know, bit, a bit like mini disc that didn't work that, that disappeared <laughs> well, yeah i had disc well again revealing my age I had
0: zip drive as well
1: yeah I, I think i think in this age where we all are we've seen many things that were here to be the future and just died a very gimmicky death um mm. i remember google glass I remember, um, yeah, I've, I've tested, I've tested uh, VR things for, uh, for Sony. It's, it's a nice experience. I would definitely buy one. For three hundred pounds less, like that's the <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the that's the the thing that I'm I'm going for.
2: <laughs> but for me, the the reason that stuff, if we're talking about not Google Glass necessarily, but uh, the three D thing or the VR, um, the whole Oculus thing, the, the reason that doesn't work so well is because it's quite an isolating experience. Um, you know, if you're putting something on that's closing you off from everybody else you're then just doing it on your own mm. where really what people want is to do stuff, to share stuff with other people. That's, you know, that's why you go to the cinema is to watch a movie with somebody else. Um, that, you know, that's, that's why you play games online with your mates is to play it with them. Mm. I, I, you know, and, and sure, people go to the cinema on their own because they love movies and people play games on their own without engaging in the community because they love playing games you know of course there are always those people but but generally things that are aimed at a community i i feel will will always um resonate with a greater number of people because people like to do things with people generally Mm, true
1: Sam, since we're since we're in the technology
2: department,
1: um, how do you feel about artificial intelligence and the, the possibility that computers might might be making music in the in the immediate future? Like, where, where's where's the composer and musicians' role in a post AI society?
2: Well, I mean, the same place as anybody else is in any other role, right? I mean, if if we want to, then we can let AI and robots take over the world. In, in pretty much all capacities because eventually you'll be able to program stuff with enough, um, knowledge and enough, um, I can't express it in a techie term, but self learning, self teaching that, you know, they'll, they'll learn to adapt to everything. And then, you know, we'll all just sit on our deck chairs on the beach and watch our <laughs> passive income grow and, and <laughs> won't the world be a much better place. Um, said extremely tongue-in-cheek of course because everybody would be out of work if that were the case um in reality i i think i think i like to think that um human character and the human trait is something that can't be programmed Mm. the the unpredictable nature of the human and the ability to express things in a completely non-calculated, um, non-manufactured way is is what is unique to humans. And uh, I, I I struggle to see how you could program anything to do that to mimic the way that a human would. Mm. Um, and, and that's not to say that you couldn't program it to a certain extent because y- you know you you can you can teach anybody to write a piece of music and ninety percent of people will be able to in time learn to use those skills and write perfectly adequate pieces of music but the other ten percent will be the people that will really engage with it and be able to tell stories and things that are really genuinely interesting and those are the bits that people will want that are the bits that you can't program in a in a robot mm, right. or, or, or at least that's what i like to think so you know so maybe maybe what i'm saying here is that 90 percent of us will be out of work um you know and and 10 of us you know the ones that are evolution yeah. Yeah. yeah right I, I i don't know you know who who knows mm. but um
0: I mean, I, 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 th- I think you, you have a really great point there. I mean, if, if you want to stay optimistic <laughs> on the Skynet, Skynet owns us all. But I mean, yeah. so to latch on a, a concrete gaming experience, I have with a great game that I really recommend. is called Days Gone, which is about a zombie apocalypse. Uh, but, but, but it's but it's uh, a it, juxtaposed with this kind of biker. So you play like a biker in a post-apocalyptic zombie world. So it's a really cool kind of clash of two themes here. But so I, and I, I love the music so much that so I had to go and watch like a mini documentary. But so it's a PlayStation game. So made a the documentary about the music and the lead composer t- talks about the, the specific theme for like when, when when zombies appear. so it's always like a variation of this theme and it came to him by using the bow as a, like a, it's just a weird experiment. He used the bow so the, the fixed resin stick you used to play uh, in the mean string instruments and and he, and, he, and he pulled it against a, a ride cymbal. And it's like whoosh, and it made this really, really ominous, weird, strange sound, which they kind of just you know recorded, put into logic or whichever reason, whichever program they used, and kind of zoomed in, zoomed in on it and found this really abstract, weird melody that they did all these things with. And stuff like that, just creative weird experimental process, I think is going to be really challenging for anyone that would say, you know, machine learning is going to, you know, all mm-hmm. in terms of music that you're just gonna hit spacebar and you have the auto. <sighs> Yeah. done i mean I, I i just find that as
2: a that's just one example that just yeah I, you know, it's, and it's those creative choices that that make make humans unique right yeah. i mean you mm. know that that technique is not a, a new technique you know people have been doing it since i guess 60s and 70s prog bands particularly mm. and you know hendrix uh, and exploring the guitar with with bows and you know people have been doing mm-hmm. it for for a long time but you know, not not many people make the choice to do that thing at that time and make it work. Mm-hmm. Um but, I mean, the other thing that you mentioned there, which is, you know, the idea that, that that nugget of sound comes back time and time again, you know, that is also not a new concept. This that's something called uh you call it the a leitmotif yeah but Wagner um, right and then John Williams in Star Wars well, was kind of yeah but i mean but those those guys of course but i mean it it comes from the romantic period initially mm. in the invention of um program music um people like uh, Mel- mendelssohn for example and his mm. uh, midsummer night's dream overture you know the idea of little nuggets representing characters now that's been around for hundreds of years um, and and the reason that people use it all the time is because it works, and, and I use it all the time mm. in my music because because it works. I mean, it's evocative. It's a form of uh, yeah. storytelling in a way. I mean, it's precisely that. It's it's storytelling. You know, it's 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 the way of emphasising that when. Something is happening on screen. You, you reinforce that with with the music, you know. So every time you see Darth Vader, you get bam, 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 bam which tells you that Darth Vader's is a bad guy, you know. It's because it's an ominous and moody theme. Yeah. Um, in in comparison to what you get when Han Solo comes on, or Luke Skywalker, or yeah. Leia, you know, that they they all have different bits of of theme that mm. that project how. You should be feeling about that person at that moment in time, which is you know which is very clever it's it, it's psychology ultimately mm, mm. i mean
0: yeah wow well, that that could probably be a whole episode on its own even. i mean could. That's super cool. I mean, so I mean, we, we are a little bit running out of time, but there are there are a few few things I would love to 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 talk about before we and So, we'll, and feel free to jump in you as well, Damien. So, but so it, you probably have a few things we would love to squeeze out of you the, the precious time we have left. So, so one thing I've been really really curious about. So, we started this whole conversation a little bit talking about briefs and kind of a, 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 a what do you say professional uh, commercial setting where you where you receive a brief from a client. So, I'm in, I'm in wondering. So let's say in a hypothetical example you have coca cola right so they they, they they from a visual point of view they will have a defined typeface they will have a rigorous you know so called style guide or a brand style guide with and it might have you know onto um, the level what type of statements what type of copyright they use what type of you know everything to like encapsulate this brand so you have all that and then coca cola comes to you and now now we need music or we need a soundscape we need um, effects whatever it might be how do you i mean of course again case by case basis probably but how how would you typically do, do brands have like a sonic style guide how, how do these things work that this is something that i've been kind of laying, laying awake at o'clock at night thinking about with, with like how does that work
2: um well uh yes they they do um mm-hmm. and you you see it in uh, brands that put out progressions of advertisements um so uh, cars car manufacturers do it often they'll have you know a series of adverts that sort of run loosely one one into another perfumes always have very strong branding um and and you see it in people when they when they do a rebrand so if i think about uh churchill the um insurance company they not that long ago within the last couple of years went from having the little sort of nodding dog who was just a kind of a fun, playful thing. And now they've moved and it's all about the chill and and they're focusing on the chill in Churchill and it's much more relaxed, you know, trying to show the reassurance of having insurance and how working with Churchill is going to make you feel, you know, so much more at ease where previously it was this slightly silly kind of nodding dog Right. So um, kind
0: of t- like like tone of voice kind of a thing i mean branding
2: it, it kind of esque oh yeah i mean t- totally tone of voice um but it, it, in terms of texture within the music as well mm. you know it, it's very much about um being smooth and calm in a contemporary way <laughs> with, with that brand for example in that in that piece
1: i i would guess that leitmotifs are also part of the brand Um, touch point essentially like uh, Coca-Cola has um, um, a music it's not just a music jingle for a single ad like um, they have the um, McDonald's has it Um, like it has this um, repeatable short phrase that is transcoded like I remember Nokia Um, it has a, a huge progression from Eight bit tones in the the first old school phones with a more piano like texture as as um, as um, headphones on on phones became better, I, I guess. Like motifs are also part of a um, part of a brand uh, guideline in terms of audio, I suppose.
2: Yeah, I mean, and what what you're referring to there is is what you'd call a a, a sonic tag or a or uh, mm-hmm. almost like a sonic logo, like a something that I mean th- those things normally accompany the logo, right? So mm-hmm. if you think about mm-hmm. the the McDonald's, duh, 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 no, or you, or you think about the Intel, bum 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 bum. You know th- those sorts right. of things. They're they're the things that you you know you hear and you know immediately what you know what brand it is it they're associated with. Mm-hmm. Um, the you don't, mark, you don't- almost. I mean, you, you have, we have word marks in in logos, so it's like a sound mark almost, or yeah yeah a sound marker a sonic stamp sonic tank, call, yeah. it, call it call it what you like um uh, but but the you know the difficult thing is to is to write those because obviously they're so short you know how can you in one second sum up the identity of of a brand and and that's why that they're, they're quite tricky to come across if you think about i guess Newer companies who are big companies trying to do that sort of thing, um, go compare the insurance company. They they, no, they have a have a whole song. Um, uh, trying to think of other other companies that uh, are newer that have really clear sonic um, sonic identities. Um, but I but I guess you know uh, the reason that they're not done all the time is because that they're difficult to do. Mm. You know, it's 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 very difficult mm. to tell a brand's whole
0: story in a little bit old school to or are like outdated on modern to to do that
2: approach or is that something you see as a well I mean if, if it if it were new school then Google would have one. Apple would have one. They they don't really Oh, I mean, the closest thing I can think of the Apple is that don't like, I
0: mean, we start up the computer. There's a, yeah. but, but that's not used in a, in a, in a you know, in a, oh, in a, and, but it's
2: still, it's still recognizable though. But if you, if you, you know, if you go down that route, then there are hundreds, maybe not hundreds, but loads and loads of Apple sounds that they invest mm-hmm. loads of money in to get right. You know, like the sound that you get when you send an email. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I saw someone talking about that and how, you know how that's designed to be really reassuring that you know your email has been sent and delivered, um, and and actually with the new um, Big Sur uh, OS update, they've changed a lot of those sounds. Um, and like the emptying the trash, for example, that that sound has changed. And the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, that's different." Mm, yeah, true and- with the AirDrop as well. It's like a it's like a more distinct pop when you airdrop
0: Oh, yeah so D demi is a, is a pc uh, user also and and that's fine that's okay uh,
1: well me, oh me. come on oh come on <laughs> that's fine that's fine is this all
2: that i get no i'm i'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> mm. um but you know sonic sonic branding is is everywhere even if it's not necessarily you know at the very forefront of, of a brand, mm. if, if if a company uses sound that mm. you know they, they will think about it carefully this so is um,
0: something maybe done in-house more than or would it go to someone like you like uh like a you know a freelancing kind of
2: a composer or yeah you- i mean i mean you know it, it can and it can't i for example i'm uh having talks at the moment with with a company who uh, uh they manufacture a fitness app uh, a running app and and we're talking about making some specific uh sounds for various cues in in the run and to mm-hmm. uh present information about how that run is going Ah, basically okay,
0: with the user interface in a way I mean to, to in, in app or something or in a, in, a in, an, in,
2: well, in in app but also in in run as well in transit if you like so mm-hmm. um so rather than you know if you're running along and you have you know the voice of Siri saying you are 5 seconds behind your target pace you know you, you'll have a little sound that says you're behind your target pace mm. which is less invasive and less distracting than Siri talking to you mm-hmm. um uh, you know ju- you know cool. stuff like that um pe- people you know people are thinking about it um more and more i think because uh, i guess because they can and because they're more aware of the fact that they can go and get it done and it's not necessarily going to cost them the world um Mm. i mean it might cost you the world if you if you go to a to a mainstream sonic branding company then you know you can pay what you like for it and i guess more for you but if you if you go to somebody independent then you know i, I like to think i always try and price very transparently and in a very fair way that seems like a you know a good representation of the product they're paying for um because that feels like a good way to yeah, do business yeah, to yeah.
0: agreed i mean yeah that's I, I couldn't say it better myself for when i approach projects
1: Really, I'm mindful of our guest's time. Do you yeah. have any 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 other um, uh, keep you awake at night questions, or we can uh, let some? No, well, um, I mean, I, I do. I mean, of, of course. But I mean, in, in,
0: in I mean, what do you think, Sam? Do do we kind of have to? Uh, we, we've been uh, we've passed an hour now, so I, I guess it's time to. to yeah, uh, tell you what, I will give you five more minutes. Go for five it. Five More minutes, okay, okay. Um, uh, geez I mean I, or do you I mean I, I've got some stuff to undo, but do but do you have a burning Man,
1: on, no no just go for it just go, go for, it. for it okay
0: do, do you have what, what what type of kind of idols heroes I mean musicals are so they, they they could also be you know teenage years you know you know rock stars or, or it could be you know from a sonic branding studio from you know series score John Williams you know anything you want would be super cool to hear kind of your influences or people you, you look up to in the in the industry
2: um yeah i mean so so my i suppose my my primary uh idols if you like are people who i think just write amazing music that is varied um because i think that the skill as a composer is not in being able to learn the tricks of one style but being able to write across a whole range of of styles so um for me, Freddie Mercury was a master mm. at it. Elton John is a master. Um, you know, Ed, Ed Sheeran actually writes for loads of different people in all sorts of different styles. Um, you know, those guys. But I, I, but I love the Romantic period composers. Um, mm. People like Chopin, I just think was a just an absolute genius with expression. Um, Mendelssohn, who, who I've mentioned. I love uh, Steve Reich. I just think his, his mm-hmm. music blows my mind, and you know, such creative ways of telling stories. Uh, I love the kind of story uh, storytelling stuff of you know people like John Williams, um, Hans Zimmer in a in a more modern, contemporary yeah. way. Um, no, the, the people that have have the ability to adapt their composing across a broad spe- spectrum of of styles and and to be emotive that's you know that those are the people that really inspire me Th- those that can that can tell a story and and emote me in a variety of different ways i, I think that's you know that's an incredible ability mm-hmm. and, I, and i choose the word ability because it is it's something you can learn it's not a mm-hmm. gift you know you, you can you can you know, 10,000 hours, right? You can learn to be good at anything if you put in the time. Wow! Yeah, I mean that—that's a whole episode on itself. With uh, you, you know, creative
0: genius, you know, ability versus you know innate skill. uh Wow! Yeah, great stuff. If you ever want to go to, you know, I can recommend you know Chopin just to finish this off. Go to Warsaw because there, you know, you can you can sit on the you know they have these public installations, these park benches. then when you sit down, they play uh, Chopin. And there's oh, also uh, you know, I don't remember the name of the park now. I know this because my girlfriend is Polish, but uh there's the famous park where you can you can enjoy uh, live uh, Chopin uh, pieces. In, in the summer, kind of very idyllic and of nice. I can recommend that if you're a
1: Chopin fan. Beautiful. When, when, travel, is back, um, when travel is back. Of course. When travel is back. Yeah. Sam, this has been uh, an amazing pleasure. When can, Where can people go to the internet and find more about you?
2: So, my company is called Pick Up Goliath. So, you can go and read about all of my services and what I do at pickupgoliath.com. And all of my educational content is under uh, the title The Producer Tutor. So, you can find me on YouTube, on Instagram, on TikTok, at The Producer Tutor. Uh, It's the same on all of them. And I put out content daily, uh, giving little nuggets of. information in a in a a constructive and structured way that help people learn stuff from beginning to end without shortcuts learn stuff properly because as i alluded to earlier i don't believe in learning shortcuts shortcuts are a means to an end but what people really want whether they know it or not is to learn something properly and understand it which is what i do on my educational channels um so yeah uh, my companies pick up goliath my educational stuff is the producer that is how you will find me.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Sam George, thank you so much.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much.
1: Yay. There we are.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, I'll sorry to go. going a little bit, but yeah. I'll stop the recording.